Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right, welcome to the show this week. Welcome to the show. This week, we've got a really cool five-star review. It got posted actually this morning, so that was pretty cool. This comes from Brick. Love a nickname called Brick. So Brick, thanks for the five-star review. It says, the journey of a Christian dad podcast is like a pair of well-loved running shoes for me. The message is always soulful, insightful, impactful, and powerful. Dan is a host that brings world-class guests to his listeners and facilitates a conversation that causes deep self-reflection. I promise you will accelerate along your journey to being a better dad, husband, and follower of God. My challenge to you is to listen to one episode and simply ask, am I and those around me better off for me having listened to this? I guarantee the answer will be yes. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you, Brick, for that so much. And uh, we've got Blake Brewer here with us today. So Blake, it's your job to make this soulful insightful impactful and powerful fyi no pressure blake man I'll, I'll do my best but i am excited to be uh here today on the show you know i started doing podcast interviews a little over a year ago about a year ago and you were the first one that ever interviewed me and uh i've not now done about 30 or so and uh man this is really special uh you know you always have a special place in my heart for so many reasons and we can get into them but man, just to be back and talk to you and uh, just to see the success you're having with your podcast. And there's so many more bricks out there in the world who appreciate what you're doing. And uh, so anyway, glad to be here. Yeah. So I didn't really give you an intro. So welcome back to the show. For everybody who didn't listen to the previous show, uh, this is Blake Brewer. So Blake is phenomenal. He's got the Legacy Letter Challenge and a whole, whole lot more that he does. But dude, that Legacy Letter was so impactful for me. And also for a whole bunch of guys that I know that I've kind of either got them to purchase the program and go through it. And with that, I've been able to talk with them as they're doing it. And then I also gifted it to a few people, you know, through the business and things and people that I've gifted it to have nearly been in tears. A few of them with their statement is I've been thinking about doing this for a really, really long time and I've just never got around to it. And I was feeling like I really need to actually do it this time. And then I get a text from you or a phone call from you or an email from you right after I had the thought and thought, oh my gosh, there's an answered prayer happening right now. So Blake, I'm so glad you've got your system together and, and your whole backstory and you found kind of your passion to help a million dads write a legacy letter. And I'm, I'm just glad that you've been courageous and in stepping into it and you've impacted me and you've impacted a bunch of guys that I know. So, so thank you. Well, absolutely. And I can uh, resonate with those dads who were sharing that with you because as I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and almost a one-year-old, and if anyone knows the value of a legacy letter, it's it's me uh, with you know the letter my dad wrote me when I was 19 years old that I discovered uh, a couple hours after he drowned in Hawaii. And you know that letter absolutely changed my life. So then when my kids are young and I'm like, okay, I've got to write them a letter. And uh, man, 
it was hard to write, sit down and write this letter to my children and to just organize my thoughts and okay, what am I going to write? How am I going to do this? And it just ended up kind of hanging over my head. And so, but like many dads, like I wanted to write the letter, you know, ever since I've told the story of my dad for, you know, for really for the last 18 years, so many dads are like, man, yeah, I want to write that letter. I need to write, write that letter. We feel that, but then to actually get it done is a different thing. And so, uh, man, uh, I knew that God was calling me uh, to help dads write and finish this letter and, and really write like a, an A plus letter. I would have never thought in a million years that this would be like my full time job, like doing this. And because I have to pinch myself at times, like I'll get these reports from dads like, oh, I just gave the letter to my daughter or gave the letter to my son and how proud they are. And I'm just like, man, how cool is that, that I got to help him write this letter that their children are going to cherish for the rest of their life. Absolutely. So my, my wife, you're mentioning the impact. My wife goes, you're doing what? I'm like, yeah, she goes, okay, I got it. And then I got them finished and she goes, Hey, did you write me a letter? <laughs> Where's my letter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But did you write her one? I did actually. Yeah, I did actually. So since I had put so much into writing my daughter's letters with her request, I hadn't written it, but with her request, it was really easy to put the framework together and transform it. I was about to ask that. So yes. the, like the process and the program that we put together to help dads write letters to their children, you were able to use some of that to help write the letter to your wife. As yes. Well. And I was able to write it really, really quickly. Like I was able to do it within a couple hours. Boom. So the thoughts were there. It was crystallized. So it took me from thoughts of thinking what I would like thinking about core values for my family, thinking about legacy type things to impact my great, great, great grandkids who I'll never meet. Like I want, I want this to, to stretch out. And um, it's just, for me, it really helped me just solidify what I believed. And I, you know, I had to do the litmus test on it. Is this really important or is this something that's kind of not important? You know, what, what are the essential things that I need to pass down? Yeah, absolutely. So with this letter to your wife, would you say that it strengthened your marriage and all the things that come with a strengthened marriage, intimacy and all of those things? Like, did, did you see an uh, uptick in that? You know, I think in order to create that, it's not so much um, paying attention on your wife's side because mm -hmm. you can't control that variable. It's only what you can control for yourself mm -hmm. and how you think. And so, yes, I can absolutely say that happened because it changed the way that I thought about my wife in the, the thinking process and the deep reflection. And one of the things that came up that really, really mattered quite a bit was Proverbs 31.10. And it talks about a wife being more valuable than rubies. Mm. And I'd always thought about what's the word that it uses for uh, wives? There's a few different ones, but wives of wisdom, wives of, um, oh, I'm forgetting the first word, but anyway, like the perfect wife, you know, the perfect wife is more valuable than rubies. And so I was always focused on the perfect wife and yeah, that would be more valuable than rubies. I'm like, you know what? Why don't I act as if I have the perfect wife and value her more than rubies? It's true she is more valuable than like all the earthly possessions and thinking. And if I take that mindset into everyday life, 
when she's at her worst day, if I still value her more than rubies, my reaction is different and changed. So that actually through the last year, that's something that I keyed in on and I focus more on how I treat her and think about her than her being perfect or her being close to perfect. When, when you do that, you think about all the things she's not and, you know, things like none of us are perfect, none of, you know, but I can control my thoughts about her. And so by complimenting her, aff affirming her by putting wind in her sails, she's blossomed and bloomed. So it, yes, it's been amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's one of the things that for me and all of us who are trying to be uh, good spiritual leaders in our home is to love our wives better. And so I'm 11 years into marriage now, and I've just found myself over time having to check my motivation on why I'm doing certain things to serve my wife. And, and, uh, cause at times I'll do something and I'll, you know, in my mind, I'm like, Hey, you know, I ought to get a pat on the back for that. I just, uh, I just cleaned up the house or I, uh, I just did the dishes and no one asked me, you know, I'm thinking, okay, where's that compliment or where's that affirmation coming? And she won't give it. And I'm over here and it's not intentional or she's not trying to, to not give it. She just, you know, I'm over here expecting her to be like, uh, like my mom and like, Oh, great job. And, uh, and so I, I found myself at times like being frustrated and I was like, wait, wait, why was I doing that? Because if I'm doing it just for her, and for her to like say, good job, Blake, I realized my motivation was off and that really I try to go into it now with this mindset. Okay. You know, it doesn't matter how she responds to it. I have a, as, as a Christian leader, as a Christian husband, man, my job is to serve my wife no matter what and to love my wife. It's not dependent on how good she was, how good a wife that, that she was that day. It's just like, no matter what, I love her and serve her. And so I don't need her to say, good job, Blake. Um, now I like it when she does, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need it. You know what I'm saying? But I have to wrestle with that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, just like most men, you did the dishes. So you stand up, puff your chest out. I did it. Yeah. And, then, and it's, and it's then like my wife's doing that stuff that all the time. And I'm not, you know, that's just, Hey, you did the dishes. Like that's not that big a deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So not having that expectation or, uh, almost demand that yeah. she affirms you or appreciates or thanks for something that's just everyday routine. Um, yeah. So I, that made a big, big difference for me was not having to have that response it used to bother me quite a bit too. So funny you bring up the same similar story. Yeah. I'll give you a, a quick example. The other day I had a three day weekend to myself, which was an amazing gift. A buddy of mine goes, Hey, I want to go on the spiritual retreat. I'm like, well, that'll never happen for me. Well, within two weeks it did happen for me. I got to just stay home, do a little working out with some buddies and stuff, but I really focused on organizing the house, get rid of a bunch of junk. And she came home and she initially didn't notice. And then she goes, Hey, um, you cleaned the house. And I did. She goes, huh? Why'd you do that? I said, well, I had some time on my hands and it was something that I wanted to do. Are you saying I can't clean the house? <laughs> nope. Made no statement about it. I just knew it was something that you would appreciate. But more importantly, it was something that I wanted to do and I just don't have the time to focus like I did. And I'm like, it was great. I got to listen to podcasts. I got to listen to an audio book. And like, I had the most wonderful time doing what I did, how I did it. Like, I appreciate the gift of you guys going away for a vacation on a girl's trip with the daughters. And me getting to have that just quiet time with myself and with God. And I'm like, it was absolutely amazing. And she goes, huh. So 
that's why you did this? Oh, yeah, it was absolutely perfect. And that was kind of it. There wasn't like that. Well, I know, you know, she didn't appreciate every little area of the home that I cleaned or what I did, but her reaction, I'm like, I, it, it didn't affect me either way. I didn't need that over and above amazing recognition that I would have needed 10 years ago. Yeah. One of the same things with, is with our children and because I think about my kids and there's moments uh, that my three-year-old, uh, you know, I love my son, Bo, but there's moments where he has a temper tantrum and he's like, and he'll say, man, I, you know, I hate you. He, I don't know if he says, I hate you. I don't like you. He'll say, I don't like you. And I'm like, oh, like, he hasn't honestly, got to I, you're the worst dad in the world yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, man, that kind of, that kind of hurt a little bit, you know, but I also know that at three years old, when his brain is still forming, it's not like he, he doesn't even really know what he's saying and what he needs is for me as his dad uh, to love him no matter what. You know, it's one thing for me to say that, to say, hey, Bo, I'm going to love you no matter what. And I communicate that to him. I let him know. Um, but actually, like in those moments where he's maybe rejected me or it feels like he's rejected me or disobeyed me, man, to really just wrap my arms around him and show him love. And, uh, and you know, that I know when I do that, you know, he needs that. And I'm, you know, I intentionally do that. I do the same thing, man. I just grab him. Daddy, leave me alone. No, <laughs> I just need to hug you right now. I think you need a hug. No, 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 yeah. no, no. When are you going to let me go when I'm done hugging you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and after 10, 15 seconds, it all changes. And then it turns into my daughter hugging me back is how it normally works out. That's a good point you brought up with your son. Remember the time, and it comes along in years, you know, you'll get more of these inflection points, but that time where it really, really stung, where the words out of any of your kids' mouths just really stung you, and then you had the thoughts that came in that impacted you. I don't know if you remember the first time that that happened. Uh, I, I remember multiple times that it happened and it, uh, yeah, it stung. And I was like, man, what, you know, where did this come from? What have I done, done to wrong you? Yeah. So, th so that's the question. What did, what did I do? Yeah. You know, why me? How did this happen? So how do you get rid of, or first off, I'm, I'm guessing that those thoughts aren't thoughts that you're like, Hey, those are great thoughts to keep repeating and engrooving in my head. Yeah. Well, uh, I do know um, just from doing some research and reading um, that it is important I, for my kids to be able to express how they feel. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the parent or the dad who, you know, when they are angry or, you know, no matter how they feel to shut that down and even say, hey, you shouldn't feel that way. Because at the end of the day, that is they're feeling anger. Um, they're feeling frustration, whatever it is. And so. I do try to validate it and try to say, hey, I understand why that you're frustrated right now. And then I try to help them, you know, know how to handle that frustration and anger. Um, mm -hmm. It's not to throw your toys across the room. It's not to uh, hit your sister or not. It's not to try to hit me or hit your mom. And so, and I have to check myself because there's times where, man, they, like my son will, will hit my wife, you know, out of his frustration. You know, he's three, but he's still, he's really, pretty yeah. strong for three. It's like, hey, you can't hit your mom. And, uh, man, I want to go uh, give him a spanking. And, uh, man, I'm not against spanking, but uh, I, I've really tried to say, wait a second. He just hit my mom, and now I'm responding by spanking him. Like, like what is the message I'm, I'm sending him? 
Um, so there's definitely moments where I, I spank him, but I'm also trying to also calmly mm-hmm. say, hey, Bo, this is not how you respond. Because tr- I need to model that. Because mm-hmm. it's so crazy. Like I find myself, like when he does something wrong, like like my temper goes up and I get frustrated and I'm, and I'm like, no, well, I need to be calm. So and- how do you do that? that? That's really where my question actually is, is how do you, how do you change that dynamic of where you're going to and change directions? I think for me, the biggest thing is to think about it beforehand and how I'm going to respond. Because when I don't think about it, I just naturally respond and, you know, I, I can f- find myself responding with anger but really thinking through, okay, I know that my son is going to have some kind of meltdown in at some point, like he's three, mm-hmm. like it's going to happen. So I can mentally prepare myself for, okay, how am I going to respond? Okay, I'm going to calmly take him into uh, the timeout room and talk to him. And I've already played it out in my mind of how I'm going to, to do this. Um, you know, it's the same thing when I played high school football, uh, our coach would, we would do these mental exercises before the game and you would, we would actually mentally go through the plays and, uh, man, when we did that, we, we came out and we played better. And so, uh, it's, it's, I don't want to call it a trick, but it's, you know, it's, it's what, what you do is you do these kind of mindset things and you play it out beforehand and then you follow through on how you played it out in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. That visualization and uh, running the play before you actually run the play, for me, helps so much. I picture that and picture that. And every once in a while, I'll I'll picture something and it's going the wrong direction. Like, oh, that didn't work. Here I am. I'm like, well, I'm in control of my own thoughts and I'm failing in an exercise in my own head. How do I fix that? Okay, let me pause. Maybe Maybe it even requires calling other people or reading a book or but some of these mental challenges we have in our own head, at least me, I need help with. Yeah. And I think part of it too is like, I don't want to use the word experimenting because I mean, every child is different. So like my, the way that I respond to my son is different than the way that I respond to my daughter because they're different personalities. And so there's been times where I've tried things with my son and discipline. I'm like, man, that didn't really work. Okay. I'm going to try something different. Or maybe I'm going to go try to do some research and reading like what are other uh, people doing the stat that I love and we should all love as dads is that we only have to get it right 50% of the time. Like all the research has shown, you just got to get it right 50% of the time and you're going to raise some good kids. And so I just keep trying. That's a great stat. (laughs) That's really (laughs) encouraging. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I, Oh, I think about my dad, you know, my whole story is, you know, my dad wrote this amazing letter to me at 19 years old that absolutely impacted my, changed my life. And, and really the things that he wrote in this letter, it's not like there was anything new in there. It was the things that I knew that my dad already stood for. It's like, I read him like, yep, I'm not surprised my dad wrote that. It was just that he put it in writing. And so Mm -hmm. it, it meant that much more. Um, but my dad was not perfect. I don't, want to do it. Um, I think it's healthy to do it, to, to, to actually go think through like, you know, where our dads came up short. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things I've noticed that as I've uh, helped dads write their letter and, you know, we talk about, you know, your dad, you know, what's your relationship with your dad? And no one wants to, to talk poorly about their dad. You know, they want to say things like, man, you know, my dad, he did the best that he could. Um, you know, with the way he was brought up, I mean, he did the best that he could. And so, a couple things that are going on there. You know, we feel like if we're, say, 
you know, if there was an area that our dad didn't do well in, you know, maybe he had a temper and we said, you know, he just responded really poorly and, you know, he could just really start saying whatever. And we feel like if we, if we point that out, that we're somehow saying that our dad was a bad dad and we don't want to say that our dad was a bad dad. And it's just, that's just not true. And so you, you can point out like an area or part where our dad or our mom didn't do good. And we're not saying that they were overall a bad dad. So it's actually healthy to point out those things. It's healthy to know like how we were brought up and things that happened to us. And especially as we think about parenting to, uh, to our children. I was blessed when I was young. My dad actually not young, young, but you know, 15, 25 in that range where my dad actively told me where he made mistakes. Wow. That's humble. It's hard to do. That's really cool. He did that. It, it really, it really was. So he's like, you have so many gifts and he named off different things. And he says, if you follow my life and do it the way I did it, you're going to waste your life. And uh, he even went so far as to say, if you follow in my footsteps and do it the way I did it, I'll let you do it for a year. His footsteps was designed to make the most amount of income that he could make, uh, but not use, not use his brain. He worked mm. on an assembly line. So his motivation was to do like his father did, make money, provide for the family mm. is my obligation. So that's what he learned from his dad is don't do it that way. And the way, the way he said it, he goes, if you do it the way I did it and you try to do it for longer than a year, I'll put a bullet in your head. <laughs> That's memorable. <laughs> I'm like, he wasn't serious, but at the same time, right. he was serious saying, you know, don't get stuck in the career path that I got stuck in and don't get stuck in thinking the way that I thought. Don't work so that you can get double time on Saturday. Don't work so you can get triple time on Sunday and holidays. Focus on a way to build your life so you can be with your family, take time off, enjoy your kids, enjoy your wife, vacation. Don't focus so strongly on the bottom dollar that you sacrifice your family. So I know, you know, big A, Aaron Walker and big A says, come home with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. And that was, that was the message my dad really, really drove into me. Yeah. Well, that's awesome that your dad said that to you because obviously he had these thoughts. He's sitting here looking at his life and he's, I don't know if you want to use the word disappointed, but you know, he wished for something different. Like, man, he wished he he had been spent more time with you guys. And so it'd been easy for him to assume. And I see this with dads all the time. Is you think, well, surely my kids see this and surely they know what's going on. And we forget to actually communicate what we think and communicate this advice. So your dad did you such a service by communicating his thoughts to you and said, Hey, look, my life, you can do better than this. And, you know, what's most important is to not just bring home the money, but it's actually to spend time with your family. And he he, he took the time to to communicate that to you. And you listened. Obviously, you're repeating it back to me. You're living that advice out in your life. Absolutely. And unconditional love. So I'm so blessed that I had a dad that truly gave me unconditional love or as close to it as, as you can get here on earth. So that was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like your dad gave that to you, too. Yeah. I mean, I knew that my dad loved me and, you know, as I've talked to so many different dads, um, you know, so many people didn't have a good dad, whether their dad just was not physically there or wasn't emotionally present. 
and uh, just man, all the the research and data shows that when you have a dad and a mom at home that love you and you just have that um, the security that no matter when you leave the house and you go out into the world and you go to school and whatever bad things happen, but you just know that it, you can come home to just this family that, that loves you. Not a perfect family, but it just gives you this kind of a place to really grow up and develop. And I had that. And I didn't even, I thought everyone had that. And then you get older and you go to college and you start meeting other people and you're like, man, not everybody has that. Man, I am definitely appreciative of that. And honestly, I think, you know, this is what my mission is all about and helping dads write this letter to their children because it's providing a way for a dad to communicate his feelings and, and help his children feel more love and feel more confident. And then as dads write this letter, um, the same way that we were talking about, especially as you wrote the letter to your wife, like it's such a self-reflective exercise that you end up becoming a better person, becoming a better dad. So many dads tell me like, okay, now that I wrote out this letter, I find myself like living out this letter that I wrote to my children. Like I am a better dad. Uh, one of the dads, so pretty soon after we did that last interview. Um, yeah. So that was like in, like in October last year. And then I got connected to uh, the vice president of the Arizona Cardinals, which is a, a total um, God story. I mean, I was just praying, God, I need you to move this week. Next day, I see a video uh, of the Arizona Cardinals as a, a like a mini documentary of Kyler Murray. Well, Kyler Murray, the court, he's the quarterback. Yeah. He w went to Allen. Well, I grew up in Allen, Texas, and I went to one of Kyler's high school football games. I take a video. This is like 2013. I take a video of Kyler throwing this game-winning touchdown pass. I uploaded to YouTube. Completely forget about it. And next thing I know, I'm seeing this Arizona Cardinals uh, mini documentary on Kyler Murray, and I see my video. And I'm like, what is my video doing there? And so I, I emailed the Arizona Cardinals and say, hey, you guys used my video and you didn't ask for permission. And I was kind of messing with them. Well, they take that serious and they emailed me back. And next thing I know, I'm on the phone with the vice president of the Arizona Cardinals. And I, you know, keep in mind, I just prayed the day before, God, would you do something this week? And uh, so I knew as soon as this happened, I told my wife, I was like, okay, God's up to something here because there's no way you just end up on the phone with the vice president of the Cardinals. And, uh, he ends up, he said, Hey, we'll pay. I, I didn't know. He said, how much do you want for the video? I was like, man, I don't even know. He's like, how about $400? I'm like, Oh, sure. <laughs> and I said, uh, but then I, I told him about, uh, what I do. I told him the mission that I'm on. And I said, uh, I said, Tim, I'd love for you to consider being one of the 1 million dads. I'll, I'll personally help you write your letter. And I was kind of putting myself out there and, you know, I didn't know what he was going to say. And he said, absolutely, man, let's do it. And so I started to help Tim. He's got a 12-year-old daughter and a 9-year-old daughter. And he was writing his letter to his 12-year-old daughter for her 13th birthday. He was going to give it to her. And he knew that his daughter, as she's entering her teenage years, entering middle school, um, the world is going to be pulling at her. She's going to be trying to figure out who she is. There's probably going to be some boy out there showing up to say, hey, you know, I, I love you. I, you know, all this saying all the sweet things that a 13 year old boy can say. And uh, he wanted her to know, no, you've got a, a daddy that uh, that loves you. You don't need some 13 year old boy. You don't need his love. And so, you know, we, we wrote the letter. And one of the things that we talk about is uh, affirming our children for uh, not like the things that they do, but affirming them for their character and who they are. And so he really took that to heart. And so he, he talked to me and he said, Hey, you know, 
I wrote this in the letter, but then the next time my daughter brought home her report card, she had really good grades. She always has really good grades, but the teacher at the bottom of this report card wrote out some comments about how she was treating her classmates and they were all really positive. Like she's just a positive person. She loves people. Like, so he pulled her over. And uh, so he was living out the letter that he wrote, wrote her is what he told me. And he said, he said, Hey, I'm, I'm really proud of these grades, but I want you to know what I'm most proud of is what this teacher wrote about you at the bottom and how you're treating people. And she got a big smile on her face and he just affirmed her in that. And I guarantee you for the rest of her life, she's going to remember that. And what is she going to do? She's going to repeat the things that her dad affirmed. And so he knew to affirm her in that. And now what is she going to do for the rest of her life? She's going to treat people well, because that's what her dad said is important. Yeah, not, absolutely. not just good grades. Yep, absolutely. So in, in your learning through this and everything, how has your personal words that you speak or actions that you do with your kids and or with your wife changed? Well, a couple things. I'm absolutely more intentional in trying to spend time with them. I'm more intentional with my words. I'm also trying to zoom out and uh, just think about, man, what do, what do I want for my family? And, you know, what do I want five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? I, from my experience, like most dads haven't done that and haven't written down like, man, what do I want for my family? You know, what is my mission? Like, what is my vision for this family? So that really just kind of drives everything I do. You know, where are we headed? And so, you know, what, what do we do? What are we doing this week? Like I'm doing more than just reading this book to my daughter. I'm spending good time with her. I'm, I want my daughter to like books and to read. So I intentionally, like we have a lot of fun time, like reading the book because I want her to grow up and be a reader. I know she'll be a better person for reading books as she gets older. So just things like that. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you read my wife's book to your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Your book, the book came out and, uh, we, I bought it, ordered it and, uh, yeah, read it to her several times. She likes it. I remembered you sending me that video and I'm able to show that to my wife and my kids. And that was a really, really cool moment and able to kind of put wind in my wife's sails with that. And uh, so thank you for not only ordering the book, but also for sending me that video. That was really, really cool. And just to see well, my wife's look on her face was amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, I, your, your wife had to do the work to get that book out there. I mean, it, Everyone says, oh, yeah, I'd like to write a book. But your wife actually did it, put the time to get get it out there. And then you kind of have to put yourself out there, right? To, and you're like, what are people, are good people going to buy it? Are people going to, like, what are they going to think? And so I appreciate anyone like yourself with a podcast, anyone who's willing to create things that are going to serve people. Because you kind of, you're taking a risk in doing it. And so, uh, man, I appreciate your wife and writing that book. Yeah. She's got some yeah. more coming, right? She does. She does. She's got another one that's out now and she's working on a third one now. She's uh, learned artwork now. So she's trying to create her own art for the books, which is a, a new development. So I'm excited for that. She's doing pretty good, making good progress. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to buy that when that comes out. Speaking of progress on things, I think you recently have been uh, adding something to your mix of things to work on. What, which one are you talking about? Are you talking about the book? Well, I know you're working on a book. Okay. I yep. know you're working on a book, but something a little easier to, to get started and to incorporate into your daily life. 
you're you're moving a little bit into physical fitness now <laughs> yeah i didn't know where you're going with that because there's been some really cool things happening uh, but yeah a, a couple months ago you know you had sean tolson on yes one of your guests and, so i'm doing uh, the fasting community with sean yeah, you're doing the and fasting. We've got the community. fasting and the 30 day challenge that that we're doing within the Journey of Christian Dad podcast, which probably be over with by the time this podcast releases. But we did that back in September. Well, Sean, you know, he went to Allen High School, so that's how I knew him growing up. I didn't know him super well, but we've become friends in the last year, and uh, so I, I I saw his program and everything that he did, and I signed up for his 12 week program. And uh, part of it was a couple things. I realize the value in having like an expert and having a coach like in your life to help you in a certain area. I mean, I'm doing this with dads. I'm helping them write this letter. And that's, you know, one of the things I, I tell people is look, even Tom Brady, who is the the best quarterback ever, he still has a coach and he has a quarterback coach that helps him be a better quarterback. So I was like, I was thinking about just my health and the goals that I have you know, for myself, but I knew that the healthier I am, my whole family benefits, I live a longer life, I have more energy to spend with my children. And then also I'm on this big mission to help a million dads and I can't be getting really tired, which is what was happening in the afternoon. I was getting exhausted. I'm like, man, where's my energy? Like what is going on here? And so I knew enough to know that I think it was probably health related and um, the food that I was eating. And so signed up for the program, put the money down and, uh, Sean helped me come up with like the foods that I'm going to eat. We did some, I actually just messaged me this morning. I got my DNA test back. And so he's going to help me see which foods respond best, uh, to my body, but just, uh, he's helped me with the workout program, starting to work out. But man, I, I, I immediately within, I wasn't doing it to lose weight. But within two weeks, I lost like 10 pounds. Oh, wow. And uh, just started looking leaner and felt better. And uh, man, I I feel so much better than I did two months ago. How's the uh, the workout part of it going? That's probably the hardest for me because I don't have weights and we don't, we don't have not belonged to a gym yet. So I've got, I got the bands and I'm doing doing that and man it's honestly it's just not like i'm just sitting here at the computer and i'm like you know you know talking to people and to actually sit around and do it and stop for 30 minutes and doing it but man i'm, I'm making some progress and i feel good when i when i am doing it and i know you had your push-up challenge this week and i told you i was gonna do it and uh i'm gonna have to do it uh do it today <laughs> 10 minutes i told my wife about it 10 minutes of, 10 minutes yeah right and because uh, how many did you do in 10 minutes? 485. 485. Yeah. Yeah, that's intimidating, man. I'm not going to hit 485. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole lot of work that went in prior to that happening. And uh, I shot for 480 was what my goal was to be able to do. That's and pretty. Having no idea, I'd never done more than two minutes of push-ups in my life. And one of the things that helped was having another guy with me doing the push-ups at the same time and struggling just as bad as I was, you know, squeaking out those last, last set until you take a five second break. Uh, I encourage everybody else to take longer than a five second break, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we we're just scrambling. So FYI, Blake, take longer than a five second break between what you can do. Yeah, well, I'll do it. And I've got my, so I don't know if you ever heard of an aura ring. So yeah, it, I have. It, it came with, uh, with Sean's program. And so it measures my heart rate and, uh, 
and the heart rate variability, which I'm learning about all that. And so uh, it's pretty neat. To, it, I think it helps have something to measure. Like, you, okay, I can visibly see that uh, I'm getting better. My HRV is getting getting better. And then yeah. I can, and then, you know, Sean asked me, how many hours of sleep are you getting a night? So I'm getting eight. And uh, he said, all right, well, we'll see what you're really getting. And then I put the ring on. I've been wearing it for two months now, and I'm probably getting like seven hours asleep. Okay, that's fine. And, which is good. Yeah, um, that's fine. And it'll tell me on my app. It'll say, hey, you, you had a, you rested. Because it says more than just how many hours, like how much deep sleep, how deep much sleep, sleep and, yeah. all of that. So it'll tell me like, hey, you, you rested really well last night. You're good to go. So all of that. Yeah. Now, another test is I learned my, so I'm 38, but you can do these tests and it's, you can learn your biological age. And so I'm, Ooh. my biological age is one year younger. I'm 37. Okay. And so all right. I, I was feeling pretty good about that, but I think I can get it down to like 34 or 35. If I, uh, I'm, I, I'm cut way back on, uh, alcohol. I'm hardly, hardly drinking any alcohol right now. And, uh, so we'll, we'll get it down. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We started out the 30 day challenge on the very first day. People are like, yeah, hey, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And the very first day was uh, do as many squats as you can, just air squats, do as many squats as you can in 10 minutes. And would you believe what some of the responses were? It was, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. So, so if you were challenging me to do as many squats as I could in 10 minutes, and my response to you was, I can't do that. What would you think or say? Hey, you got to stop saying I can't like that's, that's a, you got to get those words out of your, uh, out of your vocabulary. Yes. I, that's one of the things I'm teaching. I'm teaching my kids is, uh, man, we don't say it, I can't. And, uh, man, my daughter's really good at saying it. And I'm like, no, get that. Stop saying that. Uh, cause you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. So I was responding to those guys. Really? What, what is it about a squat that you don't think you can do? Well, I can't do 10 minutes. Well, that wasn't the question. The question was how, how do how many you can in 10 minutes? Like, can you yeah. do one? Well, yeah, I can do one. Cool. Like then you can do squats within 10 minutes. Well, I can do yeah. two. I can do, could you do one a minute? Yeah, I could do one a minute. Like that's nothing. Could you do 10 a minute? Yeah, I think I could do 10 a minute. Okay. Then that's a hundred. Like <laughs> why, why did you say you couldn't? All right. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and then other people would say, oh, 30 day challenge. I can't do that. So what is it about the, uh, the shortest challenge is four to six seconds. Are you telling me you can't do a four to six second challenge? What do you mean? Like, you haven't even looked at it yet. And you said you can't do it because of time reasons. And then they started looking like, wow, a lot of these challenges are a minute to two minutes long total. I can do that. And so some of those same guys have done 15 days in a row of the challenge. So just funny that I can't language and reasons why we, we stop. So, well, yeah. And I was telling uh, my buddy yesterday, he was asking me how I was doing on my workouts. And I said, man, I'm, I'm going to say, this is a lie, but I'm saying I don't have, it feels like I don't have enough time. And I said, I know that that's not true because there's people out there that are busier than me. They're getting in their workout every day. So it's not a matter of, I don't have time to do it. It's just making it a priority and getting it into the schedule. Because here's the thing, you you put into your schedule the th the things you do care about, and you make it happen. So, like this Saturday, I will watch the Razorbacks play. <laughs> I will figure out a way to make that happen. <laughs> so, 
That's funny, the things that we will absolutely make happen and the things that we, like tonight, I've got date night with my wife, scheduled and planned. And of course, something shows up this morning, like, oh, I've got reservations, everything's set. And of course, first thing in the morning, my wife's like, I just got a text that said whatever. Now, like, all right, is this going to totally sidetrack date night or are we going to be able to make this one work? So, and we're going to make this one work. We were able to work through that other issue, but like, is it important or is it not important? If it's important, you make it, you just figure out a way to make it happen and stick it on the calendar and, you know, that's it. So just like the Razorback commitment. Yeah. Yep. So what are some, what are some things that you've uh, changed lately, habits, uh, some obstacles you've ran into that you've figured out a way to think through and overcome or any of that type stuff? Yeah. You know, it's anytime, you know, I'm trying to start this business, I'm a year into it and you have these ups and downs and uh, there's some weeks where things are going awesome and some weeks where it doesn't feel like things are going awesome. And so you kind of, you kind of get down on yourself and uh, so I was experiencing that last week. I was like, man, what is, like, I just can't get, I was stuck. And there were some things that were just hanging over my head. And then I just had, number one, I had to reflect back on all the good things that God has done so far. And just, like, kind of make that list of, like, man, no, this is all the things that are, like, things are going really well. And then this week, going into the into this week, I said, and I've done, I do this, I try to do it every week. Because the weeks I do this man, I have a great week. I just go into this mindset of, man, it's about to be a great week. And I don't know what God's about to do, but it's going to be amazing. And I can't wait to see what he does. And, uh, man, when I have that mindset, can you you repeat that again? I'll say it's about to be a great week. I don't know what God is about to do, but he's about to do something amazing this week. And I I have you repeat that just because audience, did that just fire you up? Like I got chills here and you say that so yeah. I, in case you missed it. I want to make sure you heard. Oh, that. I get chills when I say that to myself and I'll go in and tell my wife uh, and I'll say it out loud. And, you know, she's kind of looking at me, you know, and I'm over here, I, you know, she's got three kids. She's trying to take care of the three kids. And, you know, I'm like, well, sweetie, it's about to be a great week. And uh, I don't know what God's going to do, but he's about to do something amazing. And when I am in that frame of mind, like just good things start to happen. And God, God shows up. I think part of it is, you know, being in that mindset and just being ready to like receive that. And then obviously I think it's just a faith thing too. Like God rewards faith without faith. It is impossible to please God. So when I go into the week with that faith, like things happen. And so that's last week or sorry, yesterday I get on the phone with a guy I didn't know that well. Uh, He's a financial advisor. And I've had a, a lot of financial advisors want to buy my program to give to their clients. They say, man, this is like right up like what we're trying to do um, as we're trying to help families. And uh, he's, he was extremely interested in, in the program and in the package I offer. And then he, he connected me to nine people, nine other financial <laughs> advisors. And I'm like, man, how amazing is this? This guy, he's a well-respected guy just put me on with nine different emails and you know, the whole week I didn't have any leads or talking to nine new people just like that. Wow. I was like, that's pretty cool. God, (laughs) this happens time and time again for you. So I I love it. I love it. I was talking to Mark Victor Hansen. His podcast got released just a little while ago. And in that conversation, we're talking about his book, ask. And he's like, I'm telling you, just ask God, ask other people, ask yourself better questions. He's like in the morning, wake up and ask God for what you want. 
And when you go oh. to bed, tell God what you want. Is and when you're in when you're sleeping, he's like, you'll come up with the answer and you'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning. He goes, and make sure you got a pen by the bedside so you can write it down. And I have multiple stories of that. I mean, I, there's there was a time back in February and things were st- we're still getting things off the ground. And my wife's like, hey, like we got we're running out of money here. And I'm like, well, good things are happening. The revenue's not there yet in the business, but I'm helping the the vice president of the Arizona Cardinals write his letter. Like, I don't know what's going to happen to this. So I got on my hands and knees before the Lord. And I said, God, I need you to move. We need some revenue. And I just felt impressed upon me to pay, to pray for this certain amount. And I'm not the type of guy who like, you know, okay, I'm going to pray this and I'm going to pray in this number or whatever. But I just like, I felt like, Hey, I've got to pray for this. And I did not want to, I started like almost arguing with God, like, God, I'm not going to pray for that number. And it was by like the next Friday. I was like, I'm not going to pray for that number. God, I don't want to put you into a, back you into a corner. Like, what if that doesn't come true? And, uh, and then also too, I'll say this, I was, I was almost kind of embarrassed to go to God, like, like a little boy going to your dad saying, dad, I know you're for me, but you know, I, I need your help again. And it's like, that's the most ridiculous feeling in the world. It's like, God absolutely wants to help us. God absolutely wants to help me. He wants me to come to him and say, Hey God, I need your help. And, and it was just, it's almost embarrassing to admit that I was, you know, I, I was afraid to ask for it. I, I prayed to God for this number and uh, I didn't tell anyone about it, but I, I, I prayed for it. And then over the next couple of days, I start getting some, some appointments with some business owners and I end up meeting with these business owners and they said, Oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. Like, how do we do, how do we want to buy this for all of the, our employees? And so then that Friday comes and the number that I promise you, I'm not going to say the number on here, but the number <laughs> that I, that I prayed was that I thought was impossible. God doubled that number and, <laughs> and God just doubled it. And I was in tears. I was, I tell my wife, I was like, Oh my gosh, can you believe what God just did? And, uh, man, it, it all went back to that prayer that I prayed, uh, two weeks before. Yes, absolutely. I've had times like that in my life where I was like, things were stressing me out. Money was a little bit tight for various reasons. And, you know, one, one time I specifically remember the prayer was not for a specific dollar amount, but I said, God, I could use a little bump right now. I don't know what the amount is, but you know, a little bump, whatever, whatever you can do, God, I feel terrible asking, but I haven't been able to do this on my own. And if you'd, if you'd help me out a little bit here, I'd really, really appreciate it. Just a little bump. You know, I just need a little little, little, keep me going, keep me motivated, keep, you know, and I hear it back. I'm like, I got you. Like, what does that mean? Sure enough. (laughs) Sure enough. Something happened and it was kind of in the ballpark of the dollar amount that I was thinking. And, and, and I don't pray for money all the time, but occasionally when something like your wife says, like, fix this, (laughs) yeah, like, we look for ways to take care of our wife and her family. And so in that case, like you were prompted to take some action. And how cool was it that you humbled yourself and said, Hey God, I could use some help here. Please help me out. Oh yeah. And you mentioned going to your knees. So that was even part of the challenge too. I had to, had the guys pray the Lord's prayer on their knees. And the whole reason was, is so we humble ourselves and remind ourselves that, you know, with God, we can do all things without him you know, we're going the wrong direction. Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, so have you got any, uh, any last thoughts you'd like to share with the guys? And then I always like to, as you know, end with the challenge as well. So you're the, you're one of the challenge guys that I know. So let you close it out with some, some parting thoughts or whatever you got and then throw out a challenge too. Yeah. You know, I, one of the things that I think has just helped me so much is just know who I am and know my identity as, as a great dad and a great husband and remind myself I think I've shared with you before, I have a, a deal on my phone that at five o'clock every day, it says, um, what would the best father do? What would the best husband do? Because, and when I read that, I know, hey, yeah, I am the best father to my family. I am the best husband. And so it's not a situation of, okay, you know, I don't have to say, okay, yeah, go spend time with my kids. That's not what it says. It says like, who are you? Because... If I remind myself who I am, I, I am the best father to my children and to my family. Okay. So what do I, what do I go do now? Cause you know, you act in your identity, like you yes. know, a football player. What does he do? He goes and plays football. Um, I love the, from atomic habits. He talks yes. about someone who doesn't smoke cigarettes. You know, his identity is someone who doesn't smoke cigarettes. So he, he doesn't even think about going to buy cigarettes. Like I don't smoke cigarettes. So I don't even have to think, okay, yeah, I'm not going to go buy cigarettes today because that's not who I am. And so, man, I really try to own this identity of, no, I am the best father to my family, to my children and best husband. And We've so I think that he loves atomic habits. Absolutely loves it. His nickname is slow pitch. And we got running and doing various different things. And we, we've been running now with this guy for a while, like a long while. And he's like, man, I'm just not a runner. Well, we'd done like maybe a three mile run at maybe an eight minute or so mile clip. And he goes, finishes up. He's tired. He's like, man, I'm just not a runner. I go, I got to ask you a question. You've been doing this now with us for six months on Fridays, every Friday. Like what do runners do? Well, they run and they train. I said, what have you been doing for six months? He goes, well, you know, running with you guys. I'm like, and we're kind of runners. Like, when can you give up this mantle of not being a runner and just accept the fact that you're now a runner because you run every Friday? He goes, no, no. But I guess I am. I guess I am. Yeah. And yeah. he stepped into it. And so he's like, holy cow, I cannot believe that I'm finally able to acknowledge that. Yeah. And, you know, all those different things, like you just said, like acknowledging what we are so that we can then live exactly. that out. Yeah, live it out. And I think especially in our culture, we end up putting our work or our occupation, you know, I'm an, I'm an insurance guy. And so if that's who you are above being a father or being a husband, then you will act in that way first. Well, that's not serving your family. And so who are you first, man? You're a good husband, you're a good father, and then you you know, somewhere on the yeah. list below that is, oh, you know, you sell insurance. So yeah, yeah you got to yeah. get the order right. Well, you almost got the order right. And I think you know the right order. <laughs> yeah. First off, I'm a child of God. Exactly. Yep. And I, I'm not correcting you. I know, I know you've got the right order in your family, but with that, it was a little bit challenging when we right-sized the way we ran the family and my wife had to realize she was second. I was very afraid of that whole <laughs> hierarchy change, but it worked out really well. And the whole family order has got so much better once we placed God truly first. So the businesses down the way, you know, wife, kids, friends, but God first. Yeah. And once you get that order right, then you can help your children um, know who they are 
And that's one of the biggest roles uh, of a dad is to help their children know who they are, not don't let their friends tell them who they are. Uh, don't let social media or the world tell them who they are, but you as their dad, um, let them know who they are. And really that's what my dad did with his letter. I mean, my dad wrote some great things in that, in that letter, but really the most important thing my dad did was to help me know who I was as a child of God. And so as I faced different situations in my life, the biggest one was overcoming my dad's death. Well, how does a child of God, how do they get through that? Because that's who I was. That's who my dad told me I was. Well, um, you trust God, you persevere, you have hope. You like, you know that it's going to get better. I know that I'm going to see my dad one day. I know that I can use this experience to serve other people. Like all that comes with this identity of who I was and who my dad said I was. Yeah. So feel free and go back to listen to the first episode Blake was on. I apologize for my terrible microphone that day. There was a computer glitch, just nuts. And I'm frustrated about it to this day, but I've never had that mistake happen since. So learning experience, whatever. I'm, I'm glad you could learn on me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but great story. Blake's side of the audio is fantastic. Like, yeah, your dad's story is just phenomenal. And legacyletterchallenge.com. Com. Yep. Yep. Legacyletterchallenge.com. So guys go there, check out, check out the legacy letter. It really is, really is an awesome, awesome challenge to do. And a lot of the guys I know said, I've always wanted to write this letter, but I've never been able to one, get started. I've got the blank piece of paper sitting somewhere. Every time I go to it, I never get one word on it. But secondly, if I would get started, I would know I would never finish it because I, I just don't know what to do and what they need is a structure, a framework, an advisor to help them through. And uh, Blake and his, his group do that for you. So it's a wonderful system. And I, I appreciate it again, going through it and doing it for myself. I've, I've never had a dad to this day regret writing their legacy letter. Cause you right. won't. No, you won't. Yeah. You just can't, not at all. And you, you'll run into things that you regret, but it won't be starting yep. writing the legacy letter. That's for sure. Yep. So what, what kind of challenge have you got for, for us this week? Man, I, I think going back to the identity and uh, really writing down who you are and getting that order right. And there's no shame like in me having that reminder on my phone and uh, that little alarm that goes off every day at five o'clock that reminds me who I am and uh, really just owning that. That's my challenge. That would be a great one. That would be a great one. Send yourself a text message or set yourself an alarm with a a question that reminds you at certain times of the day who you are and that sets you up for the next transition. So I like the five o'clock signals you're off. Yep. No more work. Time to go pour into your family. Yep. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I appreciate you in life and everything that you've done for me for years or year, I should say, <laughs> since we met each other a year ago but it feels like feels like you've done so much more for me and and with me so i truly well, appreciate same to you man i mean you're the first for many things for me first on the podcast you uh, bought more of the first one to buy my program to give as a gift to people and really open up that door you've been a great friend you've introduced me to uh, some great people and so i appreciate your friendship glad we got connected and i'm look forward to getting up to St. Louis and hanging out with you. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And and it's not only who you are, but it's also who you keep becoming that makes you so easy to introduce to so many people. So you, you just, who you are, are so like, you're just truly a blessing for the people that get to spend time with you. So you're one of my core guys. So I appreciate you greatly. Appreciate you, Dan.
Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And uh, men do the challenge this week, do the challenge this week. And as always, God bless you guys. And uh, please share with your friends, the podcast and throw some podcast reviews out there for me on audible or Apple podcast. And this week, that's the end. Thank you guys so much and uh, catch you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.